We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Talk About Flow Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you, everybody, as always, for locking in. I appreciate all you. Casual Friday, my man, Joe Yurden, Maintenance Day Podcast, Noted Hockey, Substack. By the way, I didn't even tell you this before we started taping, so you probably don't know this. In fact, oh. I'm sure you don't, but okay. okay. This is actually today, well, technically tomorrow, the four-year anniversary of this podcast, man. I dropped wow. episode one of this podcast, February 19th, 2018, man. So it's been four years. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I had this fun little uh, show of mine. You, you know what else is on February 19th? What? My birthday. Really? Yes. See, it's destiny that I started the show. It's, seriously. Well, well, at least destiny that you brought me in anyhow. <laughs> you know, I looked it up. Look at um, it. So going back four years ago, again, starting this, then uh, I had Sal Capaccio episode one, mm-hmm. Sam Graham episode two. Then I had a couple, I don't want to say clunkers because they were still good episodes, but like not names people would recognize. I tried, I was determined to be different. And uh, I had some 80s writer on episode three who we talked a lot of stuff with dating it was fun for me but whatever you know <laughs> people didn't care actually episode four i had a former buffalo bill doran dickerson but anyway and then i had jay skirsky and, and tyler dunn back to back so it was off and running then i looked it up the first time i've ever had you on here this is i really don't keep track of episode numbers anymore but mm-hmm. uh, this is episode 419 technically first time i ever had you on was episode 53 which is going back to September of 2018. And I still actually remember that because that's, and I still to this day on the rare occasion now where I have somebody out for the first time, we spent a lot of time talking about their life and their career. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to you about growing up in Albany and all that Mm -hmm. fun stuff in Albany, man. But yeah, I remember, uh, I remember that episode because I was, because when you asked me to be on, I was like, wow, cool. I think, I think I've, I think I've finally, gotten noticed enough so that i can be on pat's pod to talk <laughs> talk about stuff because i would see everybody being on it and i was like i was like man why is he gonna ask me on the show you know what i'm you know what i did now i'm on it every week and i'm just like all right yeah now it's like what the fuck me again yeah Christ. i gotta yeah i gotta give up an hour and a half of my time yet again every <laughs> week but <laughs> you know how i celebrate today by the way you know what i did this morning and we're taping this on thursday so uh by the way, the Sabres play tonight. So again, we're taping this beforehand. But you know what I did today for the first time ever? Literally, I don't even know if you've done this. I've never seen a tweet of yours indicating you have. But I actually that stupid Wordle. 
that I've largely oh. ignored for the first time ever. Yeah. And I mean, quite literally ever. I did it today. I tried it today. How'd you do? I think I got four out of six, but I'm going to be honest with you. I semi, I cheated. Oh, <laughs> I don't look at Wordle. Come I'm on. not that. First of all, again, I'm not, I'm not that smart. I've told you this many times. I've admitted yeah. to this. I'm not that smart. It's kind of sort of like wheel of fortune a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at wheel of fortune. <laughs> like I, yes. can stare at, I can stare at that <laughs> box forever mm -hmm. and I can't figure the shit out. Um, and it was my first time. So when I got to the third, after the third, uh, row that you put in, I don't know if you're familiar with the game or, and how I've to not play played it. it once. No, I I've, I've, I've fallen into the camp of something's gotten so hyped so fast. And I'm like, I am not doing that. Well, real, uh, <laughs> because now there's 900 spinoffs of Wordle and I'm like, all right, that's enough. And I'm always so late to catch up like uh TikTok for an example, TikTok was huge two and a half years ago and I was mm -hmm. never touched it. And now all of a sudden I'm on TikTok all the time, messing around <laughs> and every night laying in bed before I go to sleep. <laughs> Wordle's been big for a while and I never touch it. And I'm like, look mm -hmm. down on people who are playing. I'm like, whatever. But, and now I'm doing it and they probably moved on to three other things since then. But yeah. uh, the Cliff Notes version is, you type in, it's a five letter word. And I, I don't know what the letters are, but if you get it like a green one, it's the right letter in the right place. If you get another color, it's the right letter, but in the wrong place. And if you get, I think it's a gray, then the letter is not it okay. entirely. So there is some right. thinking involved. And again, riddles, stuff like that. I'm just not really good at it because I'm, I, I'm not stupid. I just don't use my brain <laughs> all it's the like time that, yeah. in the best way. So anyway, I got to the third one. I'm like, I thought this was going to take five seconds and it's kind of becoming time consuming. So I typed in on Google, uh, the word was shake, by the way, the five letter word. And I had S K and A. So I said five letter words with S K A and shake. <laughs> so I put it in and that's what, uh, that's what it is. You should okay. give it a shot though. I mean, it, it can I, be like, interesting. I, I, I understand like, you know, how the game's done and everything it's it's a great idea it's it's a mix of jumble and uh like wheel of uh, it's like you said jumble and wheel of fortune kind of except without a wheel and you, you can't go bankrupt unless you're already bankrupt i guess but um <laughs> but yeah i it, it's a it's a it's such an it's like one of those things that it's such an easy concept it's like how did nobody think of this before yeah like how did how did this never happen at all like since you know like smartphones became a thing or the internet like i i it it blows my mind that this is this is something where it's like wow it's nobody's done this before really like okay <laughs> I, it's like it's one of those frustrating creations because like the you know the guy who created the game already sold it to the new york times for like a couple million and it's like oh my god like that's wow i didn't know that so um, you get so pissed at yourself because it's like that could have been me but then yeah. it's like i wouldn't have done that you know what I else I'm doing? I don't doing? have app smarts to build anything. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what else I'm doing too? And by the way, we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the savers. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to take a little bit. I mean, may, we might, if we get to the bills, maybe we'll spend a few minutes talking about them. But I want today to be a savers heavy episode. And this week's 75 draft is going to be best TV couple. So that'll be fun. Um. I kind of lost my train of thought here because I was still thinking about last week's poll, which we're going to talk about later on, which was so close. That was, um, mm -hmm. that was fun. Oh, the other thing I've been up to is I'm watching the Oscar movies, all mm -hmm. of them, like this all year, of them, all of them, all the oh major ones. Like for an example, the best picture nominations, there's 10 movies. I've mm -hmm. never seen any of these movies. 
I'm watching them all. All wow. of them, all 10. I've actually watched five of them now. And right before we started taping, I actually got about halfway through uh, the sixth. But yeah, I'm going to watch all the Best Picture nominations. I'm going to watch, and a lot of them intertwine with each other, but like Best Actor, Best Actress, mm-hmm. Best Director, and uh, I'm going to watch as many of them as I can. There have been, uh, they've been all right. There's been none that have blown me away. I did DM you about one of them, though. So I, I watched Don't Look Up. I thought that was stupid. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. I just, I didn't like that. Belfast I... was all right. Belfast was all right. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Power the Dog. I'm looking at my notes here. I, I didn't really like that that much. Um, there's one right now I'm currently watching, Drive My Car. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a Japanese movie, and it's all in subtitles. And I'm like, I feel like I have to watch it, first of all, if I'm going to do this properly, because I'm power ranking them and writing reviews and stuff like that on my Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it's actually keeping my attention. It's, it's actually pretty good. And then the one that I told you about was West Side Story. And I said yep. that because we had our musical draft not long ago when you picked West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And now that I've watched the, the remake, I'm like, now I see why. And I do remember <laughs> West Side Story. I did see it once, the original. But this, what but a how plan. long ago had you had seen it? it's been a while i didn't remember wow. it well i i think had i watched had i started this oscar binge a couple of weeks ago i think that draft might have played out differently because i think you picked you got west Side i picked Story. it very high yeah. i i think you had first pick and that might have been my first pick it might have been my first pick i might have taken it over greece had i uh <laughs> greece would have been yeah there. yeah you took greece and i was like thank you <laughs> thank you for leaving me west side story and everything else because i think i romped all over you at that one Steven Spielberg directed this new version of uh, West Side Story. It's really mm-hmm. good. And it's it doesn't stray much from the original. I think the biggest differences, and I did some, like I looked on and watched a couple YouTube videos. Uh, the biggest differences is, well, for starters, the Puerto Rican characters, are, are, Spanish characters are actually, that's their real ethnicity. Whereas back in 1961, mm-hmm. there was a lot of white Greek people yeah. playing the Puerto Ricans, the sharks mm-hmm. who were, you know, had their face colored or, or painted some to, you know, with makeup to, to make them appear darker. Mm-hmm. Natalie Wood played Maria. Natalie Wood is a Russian. She's a white Russian. Yeah. <laughs> like in Maria. So the casting, it, it seems more authentic. And there's more Spanish speaking without subtitles in this remake that Steven Spielberg. I, I liked it a lot. It's not my best one, though. I, I actually... Liquor of, of what I've watched so far, and I still got half of them left, but Licorice mm-hmm. Pizza was actually uh, that's, been, that's my one favorite I'm one. Really eager to see. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big uh, Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Yeah, and like his his movies, just they they they're very entertaining to me because it's always there's always some element of tongue in cheek with it, and yeah. you know there's you know I just I, just thinking of the stuff that he's done like I. Remember, I made it a point to go to the theater to see the master, uh, which was like their his kind of take on Scientology, and it was you know Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Amy Adams were in it, and you know Joaquin Phoenix is playing basically like this loser guy. He's a total loser guy who you know is looking for like some direction in life, and he's uh, you know he's trying to find something to to get through because he's just he's kind of derelict on everything. Like he just got, I think he just got out of the Navy or something. And he's just, a, he's just a total bum. And he trips and falls into like this whole thing with this group. That's they're not called Scientologists, but they are a hundred percent Scientologists. Yeah. And uh, he becomes like very close with the guy who's the head of the head of the, the group who's Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's just basically him putting one over on him the entire time. And 80, Amy Adams sees right through it the entire, she's, she's like, I don't like him. 
he's bad and he, i don't know he's great he's great he's my protege he's wonderful and you know it kind of goes from there but uh but that was fascinating there will be blood is one of my most favorite movies uh daniel day lewis and paul dano um it's an epic like the, there's no word spoken for like the first 20 minutes of the movie which i know drives some people crazy but it's it's daniel day lewis's like best movie ever I, it's a movie that i saw in the theaters like three times i had to go like the art theater in albany to go see it at all the first couple of times and then it finally got wide release and i was like good i can sit in the comfy seats now and <laughs> <laughs> and watch this and like this will be great he's but, uh, he, he's nominated for for best director for yeah. this movie and you mentioned philip seymour hoffman his son cooper this is actually his feature film debut oh wow so yeah i recommend Jeez. it it's good none of these well i, I would say don't look up it's just i, I saw it's a star-studded cast that you know what if, if it wasn't that cast it would have been one of those straight to uh, dvd you find it at walmart for a dollar Mm-hmm. movies i i thought it sucked whatever i, I know it's a and it, it's a satire of the government in a mm-hmm. way i get all that i do it just it didn't do nothing for me but the other and ones so far have been pretty enjoyable man don't look up i don't look up bothered me from the get-go and not because it was a poorly made film or any of that just knowing like people are just like yeah it's kind of a comedy and i'm like all right well all right they're like yeah, it's more satire i was like all right okay fine and then you start getting into the teeth of the story and you're like, I don't think this is satire. I think this is a little on the nose, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like, okay. All right. Like it's very heavy handed with, you know, with what they're trying to say with it and everything. And it's just like, Oh my God, please, please. Just like, this is very uncomfortable. And you know, I'm not going to give away my microphone is being ridiculous right now. Um, I'm going to try. Oh, it's to got not- a new light. It's getting used to it. Yeah, it. Well, it's, it's a new setup. The microphone setup. is, is right is new but like it it's it i don't know if it's picking up like the sound of the cars going by my apartment so no, it's just like hey good, let's man. let's pick up that sound so it's booming everything it's, nobody you cares sound good this. you're like one of those and i tell uh guests when i do live shows with them all the time they have a mic up close to them and then they kind of mm-hmm. when they fall back the sound falls off but you sound good man yeah, you sound good. yeah no so worries yeah, but yeah don't look up i just I was like, it made me very anxious and very uncomfortable, which I don't know, I guess maybe that's, that's a good thing for them, but it made me be like, nope, don't need to watch that ever again. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't like it too much. So, all right. So this is a four year anniversary episode, I guess, technically here. It feels to me, and we're going to segue into some hockey talk, at least it feels to me like it's been four years. We've been talking about Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. not being a Buffalo Sabre anymore. That's what it felt like, obviously, over yeah. the last year or so. You've been on the show weekly, and God, man, I can't count how many minutes we've spent talking about Jack Eichel over the last year before the trade finally happened. Yeah. He goes to Vegas. He gets that surgery. What was it? Literally three months ago? Which, yeah. before we even talk about anything else, it does make you think, had the Sabres just said, you know what, Jack, we're with you on this get the surgery he would have gotten this summer and he would have been ready to start the right the right, he would have been, the start of the season, start, the start of the season. Me. now You're we'll like, sp- yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about because i i do want to spend some time talking about kevin adams today as well but before mm-hmm. that let's start with that jack eichel wednesday night makes his um very much anticipated debut mm-hmm. against colorado and uh he looked well i want to get your take on him because i'm sure you you saw it and saw some things that I probably don't. The stats, 
17 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time. Uh, one shot on goal, no points. No one, no one had a point because they were shut out two nothing. Right. And uh, he took two penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, I would say that. I mean, he was rusty, but my opinion, and again, I want to turn this over to you, is all things considered, I thought he looked uh, pretty good. Again, all things considered, how long he's been gone, the surgery, uh, I'm sure the nerves, all that stuff. What did you see? I, uh, for a guy that's been out for 11, 11 plus months mm-hmm. uh, to play 17 minutes against a team that they could end up, that could end up winning the Stanley Cup in his first game in a game that was extremely high pace. Like that was a breakneck speed game. It was great to watch. Like that yeah. was you get a game like that in the regular season, you feel a little, little bit blessed because you know, an 82 game season, you're not going to get too many that are played that way, but that one was electric to watch. Didn't you, know, you tweet and, something during the game yeah. kind of in comparison to the Sabres, just the pace yeah. of play. It was like night and day different. Yeah. I, I said something. Uh, what I had said was uh, the Sabres are playing much better hockey this year, but they're not in the same universe as either Colorado or Vegas. Like right. just the way both of those teams play where everything is, very quick like it's not just you know like them skating fast and playing fast it's the decision making is is immediate the passes are snapped quickly like everything is boom 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 like they are really good teams are able to do that and in the west like how do you beat a west team is you got to be faster than them well you know because they're usually bigger heavier stronger more physical teams colorado's strong and physical and fast vegas is strong and physical and fast like that's that uh, that ups the difficulty level for for other for other opponents but i don't know for for jack to get jumped in jump jump to get lumped in that way um i mean they they did not you know they did not pull pull back on him at all like you know he he was playing on the top line he was playing with max Pacioretty and evgeny D- uh dadanov and you know he played 17 and a half minutes i think the biggest surprise to me was that he didn't see a lot of time with the uh, when they had the goalie pulled late in the game. Whereas, you know, in Buffalo, if they had the goalie pulled, he was playing every single second that the goalie was pulled to try or to get, we would have tried to get a goal. Or we would have, or he would have killed. We would have killed the coach in, in the organization right. for not putting him out there. Right. Exactly. But like Vegas has that kind of depth. You know, they can they can roll two different lines. You know, when trying to attack, and they, you know they did. You know, Jack, I think Jack's line started when they. When they got when they pulled the goalie and then they brought up the next line uh for the bulk of the rest of that time because Jack didn't get back on the ice until you know like the last 20 seconds or so. Um so I mean, you know, listen, it, it I'm a little surprised he didn't get a point, but you know, the whole team didn't score because Darcy Kemper played outstanding. But um you know, he wasn't he didn't look exactly like how we remember him, but again. First game in almost a year after pretty, you know, after a surgery that nobody in the NHL has had before, like looked pretty good to me. Like, it, you know, he didn't, he didn't pull back. Like he didn't look, he didn't look like uh, he was out of place at all. I can't imagine. I mean, I can only imagine. I should say, uh, I don't care how great of a hockey player you are. I don't care at the level that you've played at, being the second pick, being the face of a franchise for six years, whatever it may be, all the expectations coming in. I can't imagine that he wasn't full of nerves and butterflies going into that game. 
all things considered, again, they trade for him. They give up good players. The expectations, I'm sure, for Jack Eichel <laughs> with Buffalo was to help turn around a franchise and, and maybe lead him into the playoffs. Make no mistake about it in Vegas, man. It's it's Stanley Cup or bust, right? Isn't that yeah. kind of the expectation? You make a move for this guy. And again, let's not judge. I have an idiot friend of mine who was, you know, texting me talking shit, zero points, two penalties, whatever, bum. <laughs> he's one of those he's one of those Sabres fans. Yeah. He's very bitter towards Jack, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For very personal reasons. Um, but yeah, it's gonna take him some time to knock off either. How could there not be rust and nerves and adrenaline and all this stuff? And I'll tell you what, March 10th is going to be mm-hmm. a very interesting night when Vegas comes to Buffalo, man. What what yeah. was your take on uh the pulse of well, we can only go by Twitter because that's what we both reside on when it comes right. to you know sports and social media. But um, mm-hmm. what was your take when with what people were saying about Jack Eichel, Sabres fans or Jack Eichel fans? Did you do you get a sense that they're rooting for him? Do you get a sense that it's like ah, he's gone, fuck him. You know what, what, what's your sense? <laughs> There's definitely a lot of the last part. There's a lot of people that are just like whatever, we're done with him. But yeah. I, I think last night really closed the book for good. Like the trade quieted everything down finally like it it ended all the rhetoric and and everything but the but him actually playing and getting back out of the ice i think that puts it all to bed now you know sabers fans have been watching alex tuck now for the last what two months Mm -hmm. uh you know month and a half two months whatever it is and you know peyton krebs for roughly the same amount of time so sabers fans have already moved on you know they love alex tuck alex tuck's playing incredible hockey like he's you know they've got a top line that's legitimately one of the best better ones in the league so you know they sabers fans don't have to you know they don't have to sweat jack anymore um you know i think the thing that's going to drive them nuts is the attention uh sure because it's it's gonna be jack's gonna have a ton of attention you know from now through the rest of the season and beyond uh and certainly if vegas has a lot of success and he's got a big hand in it you hear about it a lot more. And if Vegas goes deep in the playoffs, and if they if they win a We've Stanley seen Cup it with St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be all that same kind of stuff all over again. Uh so I you know, I, I don't I don't begrudge Jack anything. Like, you know, I'm you know, I don't you know, any any time that he, you know, may have not been a great interview, I don't take that stuff personal. Like that, you know, my my view on that is if if you have if your whole story hinges on needing great quotes from one guy you might be in trouble it doesn't matter who you're talking to like if you set if you put all your all your bets on the one on one person getting to take care of it it ain't gonna work like you gotta have you gotta have other plans you gotta have other other ways out you can't you can't create a plan that paints yourself in a corner when it comes to that so um but like you know the, the attitude stuff like whatever like listen if i've played for the sabers for six years and watched you know, and I busted my ass for, for that long and played, you know, better hockey than anybody's played in Buffalo since God knows when. And you keep finishing sixth, seventh, eighth place in the division. You're, you're picking, you know, five, you know, eight, eight, six, seven, five in the draft first. Sometimes like I'm going to be pretty annoyed. I'm going to be pretty pissy a lot of the time too. You know, I, I just can't, I can't begrudge somebody like that. I know a lot of the attitude around hockey is just like, like, well, you're part of the team. You gotta, you gotta suck it up and blah, 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 blah. Like all that stuff where it's just like, listen, man, sports is different now. Sports is not what it was in the sixties and seventies where it was you know, team and, you know, blah, like all the, you know, 
roughneck nonsense that you get back that now it's a multi-billion dollar operation in every sport every team like you know every team's got tons of money even if, if they don't act like it they got tons of money uh you know every owner is not no owner is poor unless you're maybe a eugene melnick maybe he's poor but that's a, that's a whole other thing but you know these everybody's making money and yeah there's a lot of pressure that comes with it with taking an eight-year 80 million dollar contract sure but the same point owners and gms got to do their job too they gotta they gotta build a team around you i mean you're gonna tell me connor mcdavid's having a super fun time at edmonton hell no man hell no like if if Connor McDavid had the same kind of situation at Edmonton that he had in Buffalo, and don't get me wrong, it's kind of close. It's it's probably a little bit closer than than McDavid would even sure. want. But like if it was the same situation, he'd be asking out too. Like, how do you blame anybody when it's just constant stepping on rakes all the time with you know trying to do things? And you know, they come back to Jack and say, like, hey man, we're gonna try to reboot things again. Like, nah, nah, I'm good. Like when you, cause when you say re, you're going to reboot things, you're talking like two, three years and Jack's already given up what six, six yeah. you know, like five, six years. Like you're going to tell him like, eh, wait, seven, eight, nine years down the road to maybe get to the playoffs. Like, no, nah, no, nah, man, no, <laughs> like it, you can, you can be, you can try to be the good guy and, you know, be like the Cal Ripken or the Steve Eiserman or whatever, but like Steve Eiserman, eventually it, it paid off, you know, like eventually they, they became a juggernaut and they won Stanley cups, you know, you know, that didn't happen with Cal Ripken, but like he won didn't they win the world series, like one of his first couple of years, like, okay. You know, but like guys, guys sticking with one team, it doesn't happen that much. Not much. No, you know, no, like, no. and that's because it's a business and, yeah. you know, teams treat it like a business way more than players do, but now players have caught up and you know what? That's the way, that's the way it's played, man. You know, I, I know that sounds it sounds it's not even cynical it's just true as far as i'm concerned but um but i mean i i can't begrudge anybody trying to do what's in their best interest like because everybody everybody else in sports is acting the same way like you could tell me the owners wouldn't you know an owner or gm wouldn't trade you the second they got a they, they got what they thought was a better offer hell no of course right. they're gonna do it like i don't I, joe i don't i don't begrudge jack Uggle either and i would say he'll always be to me one of the more interesting athletes ever in Buffalo, not just for his talent, but just the way things played out. I think the one thing we can all agree on is that his, his on ice talent was phenomenal. And I, I think whether you love Jack Eichel, I think whether, whether you hate Jack Eichel, that's undeniable. We, and we all know that he was a great player on the ice. And I think skill wise, he was everything that we hoped he would be. It was everything else mm -hmm. around him, you know, that would, that was, uh, that fell apart. It wasn't his fault on the ice, certainly, anyway, why this team wasn't better. But after that, it, everything else about him is, is a debate. It's, the, it's divisive. Is he, you know, was he a, a liability in the locker room? I hear a lot of people, and they're still tweeting about it. Someone just tweeted about it to me yesterday, and they kind of hinted at, you know, maybe it wasn't entirely his fault, but the locker room not being a great place. How much of that was because of Jack Eichel? Should he have had the C on his Jersey. These are things that we could debate. Whose fault is it? You know, this, that, and the other stuff. It's just one of those great divisive things, the surgery, the way that it was handled, the way Jack Eichel handled the losing, the frustration that was very visible. You could debate whether he was right or wrong with that. You know what I mean? There's just so many things about this guy that just divided fans, quite frankly. Again, the only thing you can 
we can all agree on is that he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is just it's something we'll we'll debate forever. And you know, and by the way, this ain't going away this year. No, <laughs> I don't care whether they Absolutely win, not. Whether, whether whether Vegas wins the cup this year, whether they lose in the first round of the playoffs and get swept, it's we back next year and the year after. Ditto for Sam Reinhardt, who, by the way, is playing really good in Florida. He's got like yeah. 17 goals, 45 he's on a points. 90 point pace. Yeah, he's got 45, <laughs> 45 points, 45 games. He's looking really good. Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eiko, whether you like it or not, Sabres fans, we're going to be talking about them for the rest of their careers just because of how much time and resources were invested to get these two players and the way things played out in Buffalo when they were here. It's, it's just it's not going to go away, man. What, what's the uh, what's the worst-case scenario conference finals for Sabres fans this year? It's got to be uh, Vegas-St. Louis in mm-hmm. the West and then Florida-Toronto in the East. Like, oh, Isn't that the one where like – Buffalo shuts off their TVs or throws them <laughs> throws them out of the window and says, "Man, fuck this! We're not we're not watching anything." You you remember when Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly won that cup? How miserable oh, Saber yeah. fans were! It'd be mm-hmm. ten, it's going to be ten times worse. It was also if Jack also was because they were playing the Bruins. You can't root for the Bruins against right. Like you're just <laughs> tuned out. You're just like, man, this, nothing's good. Nothing good happens. Like that's it's even more stuff to just like throw yourself in the dumpster to just be like, man, I hate everything. Like just. And, and but that's where it again it falls back on the Sabers for like, you know, if you're a fan, you're just like, man, screw them for making it like this, you know, like when it gets when you get to that point where you can't root for anybody because everything is bad about it, and that that's no longer that's no longer the fault of those teams and those players. That's that's your team. Your team screwed that up. Like that's that's the way it goes, man. And that's the way it's been here. Like I, you know, I, you know the. The, the the locker room thing kills me with Jack because you know people love to cite the whole like oh him and O'Reilly didn't get along. It's like no man, they were pranking everybody here. Like those guys got along great. Like they worked out together in the summers. Like but the whole thing like when people saw they didn't high five each other after a goal and people said oh my god, oh my god they hate each other. Oh my god. So like so of course these guys hear about it and it's just like okay let's let's keep that going. Like let's just mess with everybody. So of course it kept going <laughs> because why wouldn't you do it like. You're young. You're gonna be pranking people. Like people are gonna go, go running too far with some kind of you know dumb thought. All yeah. right, have fun with it, guys. Like, yeah, yeah, we hate each other. We hang out. We hang out for a week and work out together in the summer. Yeah, we hate each other. Okay, peace. Yeah, <laughs> see ya. I just you know I, I don't know. I I can't get mad at somebody who's just pissed about losing all the time. Wouldn't you rather? People got annoyed when O'Reilly said that he lost his love for the game. You know. And they were just like, what kind of what kind of sappy ass shit is this? Like, wouldn't you like every year that you came here, like that you played here, it was just the you know, each season got progressively worse. And like at the end of every year, like, well, that can't get any worse. And then it does. <laughs> like, don't you don't like doesn't that drive you crazy? Wouldn't that make you not want to play? Like, it would certainly make me question everything I've ever done in my life, that's for sure. And you know, Jack gets pissed about losing. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you your team's picking first like you know once out of every three years in the draft like yeah i'd be pissed too like they're like oh he acts like a baby like man i'd be throwing sticks everywhere i'd be throwing people literally out of the lot like the locker room it'd be like jazz on fresh prince of bel-air just like uh, you know uncle phil just throwing him right out of the house just get the hell out of the <laughs> locker room i hate everything like yeah you know it's everybody everybody handles things differently like every hockey fans want everybody to be the to either be the loud the loud on ice 
visual captain where they're just, you know, they're ripping everybody up and down or they want them to be the strong silent types. There's no gray area in between for how it works. And you know, like that, that's what drives me nuts. People get pissed about them having the C whose fault is that? You know, like it's so dumb. Everything about it. These are the, it, it, it's, it's even bad arguments for like a bar, like a, you know, like a bar, like a sports bar conversation. These are shitty arguments even for that. Because it's just like, it's like, man, this is all dumb. This has nothing to do with anything. It's all petty nonsense and drama. And it has literally nothing to do with anything. It's just look at where the problems came from. It came from outside the room, up the ladder. Like that's where the problems came from. That's where the problems hopefully are no longer coming from. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurt and Casual Friday. Let's shift there somewhat. I mean, instead of talking about Jack and, you know, we could, and we will talk about that for years to come, the effect yeah. and stuff. I actually, <laughs> this is funny because I, you know, Kevin Adams, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I have, I've hated this organization over the last year and a half. You know this as much as anybody, mm-hmm. more than words could say, but. I'm starting to feel right now with Kevin Adams. Maybe this dude's not getting enough credit, man. I think, I mean, all things considered. And when we were hearing about, I remember many times on this podcast, dude, we were kind of going at it and pleading with Buffalo, just make a move, do something, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was getting very frustrating that there was no trade to be made when it comes to Jack Eichel. But you look back now and you look at this return and man, Alex Tuck looks really, really good. He looks like a future captain, and you and you've said this on this podcast. What's he up like sixteen points, sixteen games now, or something like that? Seventeen and fifteen, something like yeah, something, something like that. He's lines. averaging a point a game right now with the Sabers, and uh, he looks really good. He looks like mm-hmm. a legitimate top line winger. Peyton Krebs looks good. I mean, he's got a lot to grow, mm-hmm. but I mean, you see flashes. His passing is really, really good, man. Mm-hmm. And then they got a first round pick too coming, so. It turns out there are there are scenarios where, believe it or not, both teams go in a trade. You know, mm-hmm. Vegas gets what they want, their top line right. center. 
and the Sabres certainly look like they get they got two good pieces right now. Kevin Adams deserves credit for that. I don't think whether it's us, whether it's uh other outlets, other podcasts, newspaper articles, whatever, I feel like he's not getting any credit at all. And I and I think he deserves it. Also, he came on what he became GM in 2020, right? Before the draft. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, Jack Quinn, a, a pick that a yep. lot of people were were not happy with at the time. I mean, it sucks right now that he's hurt, but we've mm-hmm. seen a lot from Jack Quinn this year. It looks really good. J.J. Paterko, mm-hmm. that was the second-round pick that year in 2020. That was Kevin Adams' first draft as GM. So, I mean, this team is looking uh, – you know, he's making some good moves right now. And um, I just feel like there's there's a lack of credit. I mean, the trade for Rasmus Rissalane, and he got a, a first-rounder, which I think that was Isaac mm-hmm. Rosen that turned into. And, uh, yep. you know, I still don't like the Sam Reinhardt trade. I hate it, in fact. Yeah. But, you know, you got a first. It's going to be a low first. And and who knows what Devin Levi becomes. But – uh. It, I, I just want to make sure the guy gets some credit because I do think he deserves some credit. I think some of the moves that I just talked about were uh, good moves, man. Good young moves. Maybe, maybe we'll see good culture moves. You know, I'll say this much, Joe, this team likes each other. Yeah. You could tell. I mean, when Victor Olsen oh, yeah. and you talked about him last week at length, when he scored mm-hmm. that goal earlier this week, that bench exploded. Mm-hmm. This team seems like they, they like each other. And I don't know how much culture really means, but. It seems like there's good chemistry going on with this team right now. And again, my, my I guess my long-winded point here is that Kevin Adams deserves more credit <laughs> than what he's getting. I don't know if you agree with me or not. I uh, Adams has done well. Um, I'm not going to crown him. I'm going to pull the whole Denny Green line out. Fair, I'm not right. going to crown him. Not going to cr- you know not crowning his ass yet. But like you know, <laughs> listen, we, we've been burned enough by GMs in the past, you know, like, you know, when Tim Murray made the, the O'Reilly trade, I was like, wow, that's a great move. You know, people hated giving up JT Comfer and, you know, uh, Zadorov and those, and Grigorenko. I don't think they hated giving up those last two guys, but like giving, you know, giving away a, you know, a young prospect, they were just like, oh, I don't like that. You know, they make the Kane Bogosian deal. It's just like, I don't like that either. Like, you know, I, I get it. But like those were moves meant to push things forward. Uh, these were moves that were made out of, basically necessity that Adams had to make. Like he, he had to trade Jack Eichel. He had to trade Sam Reinhardt, you know, cause you couldn't, you know, if you kept Reinhardt for another year, like if, if you sign him, you're only getting, you signing him to a one-year deal and then he's walking after that. So, you know, you got to trade sure. him. Yeah. Chris Delinen, listen, it was, it was done here. Like it was, you know, the experiment, it wasn't even an experiment. It was just the time was up. Like you couldn't keep him around any longer. It just wasn't going to work. And plus Philly coughed up a first round pick for him. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. He's yours. Enjoy. Um, but like that's that's being smart. That's taking advantage of what other teams want. You know, uh, you know, people were getting kind of critical of of you know Adams holding out on the Eichel thing. Uh, you know, because I was yeah, he wanted the huge ask. Like, yeah, I get it. I, I understand that, but you know, he got the guys that were the right guys to pick. You know, getting Tuck. I Tuck it. I'm going to be writing something for noted hockey here in the future about tuck. Um, but one of the points I'm going to hit on is how, you know, people say like, ah, man, I don't know if I could expect this. I don't know if I'm creating a straw man argument there, but like looking through his numbers in the past, even with reduce, you know, with not playing as many minutes and, and whatnot, you could see something like this coming at some point, you know, even though he's playing on a really good team in Vegas and, and whatnot, the numbers stood out you know, in all areas where it was like, Hey, this guy's, this guy's pretty good. And if Vegas doesn't have want to, you know, can't find room for him, somebody has got to be smart and take advantage of that. 
turns out Buffalo was was the team and getting Krebs out of it. Listen, that Krebs was a guy that was supposed to be a top 10 pick in 2019. And the fact that he wasn't taken in the top 10 was because he, you know, he had a, he had a bad injury um, before the draft. So teams were kind of hesitant to, to make a splash on him and, you know, Vegas got him in the middle of the first round. So, you know, big score for them, but they had, you know, they had the opportunity to kind of let him, you know, get over the injury and play in juniors and, and go from there. And you know, he was a guy that was talked about in the same breath as cousins and, you know, Kirby doc and those guys in that draft. And the fact that they've got now cousins and Peyton Krebs is a huge score. As far as I'm concerned, like that's, sure. you got two of the best guys from that, from that, you know, the, the lottery picks of that draft. Like that's, that's awfully good. Like that's, you know, I don't, I don't think that's getting noticed quite enough yet. I mean, people are noticing Krebs people, you know, I don't know how many people are really like looking at cousins and being blown away. They should be. I know the points don't really totally dictate it, but like he's going to, he probably could score 20 this year. He might get 40 points. Like that's pretty good. It's a pretty good year. But, um, you know, the fact that they were able to pull those guys out of there and, you know, they get a first round pick, which, you know, depending on how Vegas does could be low. It could be, could be right as low as the Florida pick. They (laughs) They could end up picking 31st and 32nd of the first round this year, you know, for all we know, but, um, you know, but you still get a first, like that's the key. You know, that's the thing. Like you still got the pick and you know, it's the, the, like when he, when, when they traded Kane and people got a botch roll, it was like, oh, you didn't even get everything that he was looking for. I was like, well, they still end up getting a first round pick out of it because you went to the play, you know, ended up going to the playoffs and you know, they got what they wanted, even though it was a situation where nobody wanted them other than San Jose. So like, you know, but, but, but with the Adams though, it, you know, the drafting looks good now. Uh, the fact that they're being patient with with all these guys that they've drafted and they're giving them the time to 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 you know to grow up and to learn within the system it's huge it 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 it's it makes such a difference to not feel like you have to rush these guys to the NHL because that's been the case the last forever you know you draft somebody in the first round it's like all right we got to get them in there which is a real quick way to burn guys out or not having or having them come to the NHL unprepared you know like that's that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I think of like a Casey middle stat where, you know, he looked, you know, looked great at world juniors, had a solid season at Minnesota and they signed him and he had only played what 30 some games at Minnesota, like after being drafted, like, and he, he came right to the NHL and it's like, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe he needs a little bit more than that. Like encourage him to stay another year at Minnesota or be okay with putting him in Rochester. But you know, that, you know, that obviously was under different leadership. So that that's how that went. But you know, maybe Case will be better for it now. He should be back soon. You know, maybe by the end of this week, he'll be back. So um, so I'll be, I'll be very anxious to see how he does when he gets back in there because he's another guy. He's another piece. He's, you know, he's still really young. So, you know, we'll see. But things are trending in a very good direction with Adams in charge. You know, and he's added to this, you know, to the smart guy staff with, with bringing in, uh, you know, with, with bringing in the, uh, the, I guess the nerds, I suppose, you know, Matthew Barlow and um, Sam Ventura and everybody in that group, like those are, those are really smart, really brilliant hockey people. Like they're, <laughs> it they're going to get talked about a lot because a lot of us have gotten wise to the whole stat game, but like they're, they're going to be the, the other eyes with that, with that department to be able to make sure that they can, you know, when they're going after people, they're getting the ones that, are you know the fit the best for what they're looking to do with their system but also won't break the bank either like that's 
that's the whole point of having a, a great advanced staff like that and you know data scientists to be able to to figure that out because if you're not going to spend a lot of money you better spend your money smartly sure you know right now i'm just happy that this team is relatively fun to watch i talked yeah. about it on the islanders game earlier this week uh that that was they're worth the price of admission for the most part not even just that one game but for the most part i feel like they're they're worth the price of admission. Now, a lot of fans aren't getting that memo because the arena still looks pretty shitty. I had Joe from Queens on the show earlier this week. By the way, Joe at Buffalo Wins. He refuses. He does not want to be called Joe from Queens anymore. He <laughs> says, I fucking hate that name. Yeah, yeah. So he's Joe at Buffalo Wins. That's the way he must be addressed. I guess that's in his contract now. But um, he's still not sold. Like, he doesn't give a shit. I don't know what I could do to convince him. And I'm sure he's not the only... There's other fans who are, mm -hmm. you know, they've jumped off and it's going to take more than just a little bit of promise here and there to, uh, to get them back on. You're going to, maybe you're going to have to just see more results in the standings and we're not there yet, but I think this team is pretty damn, uh, I think they're pretty damn fun to watch. I feel like you're getting a good, honest effort every night. You know, sometimes it's just not there. Mm -hmm. The goaltending, you know, the goaltending is what it is right now, but, and these guys are young and they make mistakes, but it's fun to watch. I feel like I'm watching something unwind. Now I felt that way a handful of years ago too, when Jack and Sam were even younger, you know, and you can say the same thing. I just, I don't know. I feel like this core feels a little deeper. It's not as top heavy when you have a star like Jack Eichel and a guy like Sam Reinhardt, but I don't know. I just feel like it's deeper. There's a better talent pool right now and they're going to continue to add to it. Owen Power's not even here yet. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to look forward to with this team. It's fun, man. It's fun. Um, Quickly, before we get into our draft, I, I was going to gloss over the bills or skip over them, but I do got one thing that I want to ask you, and I, I got to make sure I phrase this the right way. So we, we've we been watching uh, <laughs> with the bills. You got me scared now. Let's put it this no, way. <laughs> well, well let, let, let's say this. Josh Allen, okay? I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we don't need to talk about what he did in the playoffs. It was special, and, mm -hmm. and we all know that already. Super Bowl week. He was uh, the NFL honors. Je Josh Allen is becoming a star beyond this, this region, this market. You know, there's a lot of times in Buffalo, especially during the drought years, guys like Kyle Williams and Fred Jackson and Stevie Johnson and uh, Eric Wood, a lot of good Buffalo players that, hey, they were stars here. You go to Barville, oh, my God, Josh Allen's there, or Kyle Williams is there. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, that, there's Freddie Jackson at Walmart. But now with Josh Allen, it's different. With Josh Allen, it extends beyond Buffalo. He's become a star star. Like, mm -hmm. you might be seeing his ass in all-state commercials, you know, this summer. Mainstream stuff, not just mm -hmm. Wes Herf Ford stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. national stuff. Um, he, was a, he was front and center in NFL honors. I thought that bit he had in the stands, I uh, forgot the guy's name, but. He asked him and he talked about, you know, having the other team have an opportunity, obviously tongue in cheek about the way the playoff game ended, but he's just becoming that guy. He's becoming on the same level off the field as guys like Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. People are talking about him around the league. How does that make you feel if you're a Bills fan? I don't, I don't know that I like it that much. You know, I'm trying to say this the right way. I kind of no, like, I, because here's the deal. I mean, maybe we could use hockey. Maybe you could think you you would think of something better than me. But 
you talk about a player a lot and how great he is and what he's done and his stats and this and that. And when it comes to Josh Allen, he's at that level now. He's played out of his skull at the end of the year. He's a good-looking dude. He's got $258 million. He's got the hot girl. He loves this city. And now he's becoming a star around the country, just not in Western New York, in this region. If you're a hater, you know, what are you going to say? Well, he ain't one shit. That's what leads to being called overrated. When you got all these accolades, but you ain't done shit. You ain't one shit. Players become overrated. I'm concerned, as silly as this sounds, that there's going to be a lot of Josh Allen is overrated shit coming, coming his way really soon. I feel like the pressure to win as an organization is obviously already huge, but now for Josh Allen personally, it's going to be ramped up even more because otherwise you're going to get those haters out there saying shit like that. Well, he's been dealing with haters since he was drafted. So I, I, I think he's, I think he's prepared. True story. For, I think he's prepared for, for, for people just talking junk on him from, mm-hmm. from the get go. I, I, I started laughing when you're talking about like how he's going to start getting more national attention and how you don't like it. And I was like, that's the perfect I don't like it's it. the perfect dichotomy of being a Buffalo fan. Like you love your players, <laughs> you love them so much. And you, you know, you love when they're, you know, they pop up in the West her commercials or, you know, for anything local, you love seeing it. You're just like, wow, this is so great. So cool. I love it. But you know, but you know, the second they start getting on that national pedestal, then it's like, these other people don't like him as much as I do. We like him way more than everybody else's. You're not bills fans. You, you don't like him. And it's like, because they're going to turn on his ass real quick. All these That's ESPN, life. That's life when you're a I know, star, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like all these ESPN shows right now, and uh, it's like top NFL quarterbacks. And Josh Allen's like literally one or two. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much all of them right now. That's great right now. But let him have a bad week early next season. Watch how quick they turn on him and start calling him overrated. He won't even be on the list anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't like it, man. Like my mindset is... When we got a star here in Buffalo, keep his ass kind of a seat. Let, let him just be a star here. I don't want, I don't need him to be a star. I don't need him in movies and commercials and TV shows and all that shit like Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, was still stuck at one Super Bowl, man. Fuck that. Let this guy be, <laughs> let this guy stay around in Buffalo. I'm not a big fan of him being a Hollywood star. Let it tone it down a little bit, Josh, man. Kind of lay low a little bit. Get him, lock him up in his house. Don't go anywhere. Just stay in he's Buffalo. Got, don't ever leave. He's Just got all here. the attributes. He's got all the attributes. I'm you talking know, about off the field, off the field. He's got all, <laughs> he's got all the attributes of being a huge star. Just because again, he's such a good looking dude. He's six, five. He's rich. He's got the girl. He's got everything, dude. You know what you're sounding like? You're sounding like Kathy Bates in misery. Okay. You stay here. <laughs> you win your Super Bowl here. You stay here. Like, Tying him to the bed, smashing his ankles so he can't run anymore. You can't, you'll never get away now, Josh. You're mine. Like, that's that's what that sounds like, man. Like that's it it's it, it's it fans are always provincial, like their guy's always better than your guy. That's that's the way it always is. Yeah. But like Buffalo hasn't had somebody that's like a national star. Like, even when the Bills were were going to the Super Bowl every year, like they had so many good players that you couldn't pick one and say, like, yeah, that's the guy. Right. Like, yeah, that's you know, true. Kelly Kelly was a really good quarterback, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the numbers that Marino did or Elway. You know, some of those other Elway. Like he, you know, he wasn't he wasn't that good. Like he was really good, but he I wasn't at that saying. level. You know, Thur- Thurman Thomas was great. Yeah, was Barry he Emmett, Sanders was, and Emmett. Was he Emmett Smith or Barry Barry Sanders? No. Well, he was really damn good. Andre Reed, a fantastic wide receiver. He's not Jerry Rice. 
Yeah. You know, he's he's not you know he's not you know a handful of the other guys out there that were that were studs you know Tim Brown or whoever but right um, you know like Bruce Smith you know Bruce Smith is probably the best defensive end in football history well, he's not LT well, LT's a linebacker doesn't and, matter yeah, like and okay you, right, and yeah right, Reggie fine. White too no you're, yeah Reggie White too yeah you have so, a great point they were so like we you didn't know, even we didn't even know who was the best player on that team right during that time there ain't no problem doubt about it right now I mean there's <laughs> nobody who's not saying Josh Allen's not the best player on the Buffalo Bills right. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I get feeling like, because yeah, Buffalo's always got the, like that, that middle brother, the kid brother syndrome, where it's like, you're always trying to prove yourself. It's like, no, we're the best. You, you just don't believe it. We, you know, we're number one. You just don't, you'll never get it. You'll never believe in us. And it's like, okay, but you know, talk's cheap. Just prove it. You know, just, just let it happen. You don't have to convince somebody. It's not an argument that you're going to win. Like, you know, you're not going to tell, you're not going to tell a Chiefs fan that your team's better than them. It's like, no, it's not going to work. You know, you know, maybe, a, you know, people are so mad about the Bengals and they wanted the Bengals to lose. And it's just like, I don't want them to win. It's like, well, they're, they're already in the AFC title game. So I don't know what, or they're already in the Super Bowl. So sorry. Like they've already made it further than the Bills have. Like that's, them's the breaks. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. He's got to like, so Josh, yeah, you got to get there. Like that, that's the thing, but that's where it comes down to being, it's kind of a team game still too, you know, like, I, you know, it's that, that's part of, of it. It was a random like, I mean, topic. You know, I, I didn't think of this topic ahead of time, Joe. I was just thinking while you were talking about the Sabers and Jack Eichel and being yeah. a star, I'm like, you know, Josh is a really, really big star, man. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I like it. I just I you want people he, to not get sick of him by seeing him in every other commercial right. break. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're going to, you have to win. Joey Burrow just got to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has been the two. If the Bills go next year and they lose in a divisional round again. Those people who love Josh Allen, who are on his jock so much right now, they're going to turn on his ass. That's just the way it works, man. I I don't know. I think he'll be, uh, you know, unless, you know, he throws four interceptions and, in, you know, the law, you know, in a playoff loss, then I don't think anybody's turning on him. They, he's people have carried him as, you know, as the golden calf for, you know, since he's been drafted, you know, whether he, you know, he, you know, People have like tried to rewrite history and say like he was a proven guy coming out of college. I can't believe people passed on him. And it's like, okay, like <laughs> I, all right, like if you want to believe that, that's fine. But that's like that's like when Kobe Bryant said that uh, he was motivated by the Hornets trading him to the Lakers because the Hornets didn't want him. I'm like, you fucking creep. <laughs> you didn't want to play for the Hornets, you asshole. Like you only wanted to play for the Lakers. Well, the Hornets didn't want me. Yeah, because you didn't want them, you jerk. But like, it's, it's getting uh, personal in here now. Oh man, like that drives me up a fucking wall. Like, yeah. uh, and you can't say anything bad about Kobe. But I just did, I guess. So you know, whatever. You know, I guess I'm canceled. But, um, <laughs> but like you know, like it's, I, I get not wanting to, you know, to. To, to not have to deal with other fans like other fans are hell like that's that's the that's the worst part like your your fan like you have your people have their own problems with their own fans never mind other fans like it's it's very much just like we hey we can talk shit about our people you can't talk shit about our people, right, though, right right you know? right right yeah. and like you know the the stuff that like that Mahomes gets picked on now because he's you know he's in all the State Farm commercials, and then people are like, I don't like his wife, I don't like his brother, and it's like, oh my god, like who cares about them? Like, oh, they're on TikTok. I can't. I I don't hate looking at them. Then don't. Like, just don't. He is a like, you don't though. you don't have to give anybody that attention. Like it. I know it, what you're it saying. turns everybody into a gossip hound. Like just like think of what happens. You know if Josh you know if Josh Allen gets on that stage. You know that that level where everybody's paying attention to literally everything that he does on a national scale. 
And then people start poking around at his girlfriend or like, you know, his family. Then it's going to be like, oh, boy, that's what I'm talking oh about. Boy, like, let's not do that because that's, that's what that's I'm a talking road about. we've already kind of explored here. And it's not a very comfortable he's road. He's getting he's becoming he's not quite at Mahomes star level right now, but he's getting there. That's what I'm talking about. He's becoming a big star. I don't want his personal life dissected and his girlfriend and all this happen, other though. stuff, man. No, it's no, gonna no. Happen. He's going to do it like a Pepsi ad or something, uh, or, you know, a Pizza Hut ad or something. And then it's going to be like, <laughs> uh oh, here's Josh pitching stuffed crust pizzas at me again. Okay. Like, that's well, enough. you say, you say to ignore Patrick Mahomes' little brother. I'm glad Josh Allen doesn't have a little douchebag annoying brother <laughs> who's putting his fucking TikToks on it. No talent whatsoever, by the way. I don't care how young That's what I mean, whatever. though. Like, you, you're ready to go off about it. It's like, who gives a shit about him? Like, I, know, I know. I know. nobody. I know. I know. You know what else I'm going to go off on? Because what a perfect segue to get into our starting five draft. <laughs> okay. Yo, you got, listen, when I get the W's, I, I relish them, man. Right. I do. How, how can I not? You don't, you don't act like you've ever been there before. I, I, of course not. And I'm never going to either. But <laughs> let me say this. So that's last really week, close. folks. I didn't see the I didn't see the final results till right now. So last week, folks, we did best Beatles songs. And I'm going to tell you right now. I don't want to say this was the close. It wasn't the closest one ever. Nope. You won 80s movie soundtracks. I think it might have been. Or I can't remember what category like it was. You won, you won 50.1 to like 49.9 literally one time. Yeah. So that was the closest ever. This was the second closest. Let me recap here. Joe took Come Together, Penny Lane, A Day in the Life, Eleanor Rigby, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I took Let It Be, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Twist and Shout, uh, Get Back, and Hey Jude. Turns out less than what? It was less than 1% of the poll. Mm -hmm. I won 50.7 to uh, 49.3. That was, I'll tell you, Joe, I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. I uh, I was checking this poll on my <laughs> phone all for like two days, man. I would just like, didn't even know what the final tally was. I did because I was literally looking at this. I retweeted it like probably five, six times. I think I might even put some on. I did put some on Facebook. I mm -hmm. told people on Facebook, my friends, yo, man. go on Twitter, vote for me. I need this W. Well, you you know why? Well, you know how many times I retweeted it once you know how many times i looked at it once that's uh, that's not me saying like i'm a cocky bastard that's just me saying i'm not in for electioneering Pat. well i'm not I trying was. to stuff the ballot box i was and i was also I was how many people a... betrayed your votes though is what i want to know how many people saw them like you know what that joke he's got it right some i'm sure there were some <laughs> i was begging for votes i'm not gonna lie because look man Jeez. it's a big i've become Jeez. known as the guy who loses every week man that's become my i don't even want to say my shtick it's because it's not an act. It's like legit. <laughs> I like wow. legit lose every week. But the but difference this was is, one where like this was one where like neither one of us had any idea how this was going right. to work out. And I great. like that. If you remember last week, we literally said on the show before we even went off the air, we don't know how this is going to play out. No. I typically have some kind of vibe. So I mean, I'm often wrong, especially when I think I'm going to win or it's going to be real close because that's usually board, not the case. Board games, we were both way off about how bored. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now. Right, exactly. But we both said we had no idea. One of us could win. It could be close. It could be a mm -hmm. blowout. We had no earthly idea. Right. This was this was as close as it gets. I mean, 50.7, 49.3. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally a small handful of votes out of like mm -hmm. six, 700 people who voted. Um, it was fun. Um, I, I love say, this one. This was this was a super one because we because we were going through it and we left at least thirty other songs that we could have picked up. Yeah, there were a lot. You know? as there's we, so many to pick. 
as we predicted, there were a hell of a lot of people who had their own free agent mm-hmm. list. And we said that was going to happen. A lot of, uh, and you know what? Those lists could have won too. Like that's yeah, just, yeah. that's the it thing. Was legit. Like, I mean, the beat. It's the fucking Beatles, dude. It's we we could have had we could had a third choice of Rando Calrissian pick five any five songs and put that up against it and be like, okay, who's is the best? And I don't know. It could be anybody's. Who knows? I'm going to give you a confession here, though, and a legitimate confession. I looked at our list, and if th- if this was neither of us in. It was person A and person B, and no one's name was revealed in the two lists. I actually think you had the slightly better team. That oh, see now that if see now it's a shame that we record these (laughs) these things because people would have figured out who picked who, but that would have been a great blind poll. They would have to do just to say like person A, person B pick. A couple people have suggested I do that. I don't know though. I I kind of like it takes away the fun of us talking about it unless we released it after the fact. Like, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Um, while my guitar gently weeps was, was a a beautiful fifth round pick, man. I I really liked that a lot. I blew an opportunity. I think I got away with one because twist and shout was not a good pick. In fact, it's not even an original, it's not even an original Beatles song. I saw you get roasted by a couple people saying like, well, Pat picked a cover song. So that's that. I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah, but that's the most famous version. I I know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you, if you, if you cover a song and you have the more popular version of it, it's your song. Like all along the watchtower is a Jimi Hendrix song. I know it's Bob Dylan's song. Hendrix did it better. Sorry. That's his song now. Bro. If we, if we, if we did a draft of Whitney Houston songs, and you're going to tell me you're, you can't draft I Will Always Love You because Dolly Parton did it like right. 30 years before that shit? Right. No way, no man. No way, man. No disrespect no. to Dolly. No, I love Dolly it's Parton. It's a great version. Awesome. But right. Whitney's is the better. Is best. Exactly. Whitney's is the best. You, you can't have a Whitney draft and, and not pick that song. Right. All right. So this week, something completely different from Beatles songs. I'm looking forward to this <laughs> one. No idea how it's going to play out. It's going to be we're doing mm-hmm. best TV couples. And just so it's kind of mm-hmm. clear here for people who are listening, just it is it, it, exactly how it sounds like best TV couples, meaning doesn't necessarily have to be the most romantic. It could be the funniest TV couples, the most romantic TV couples, uh, the on again, off again, TV couples, mm-hmm. just people who are TV couples. And you're welcome to, uh, you know, interpret it any way that you want to, I guess. So uh, you went first with the Beatles mm-hmm. and to come together. And I'm first with this one. And I got I, a I, good I, idea who you're going to take. Because well, I know what shows you like. So <laughs> I got a pretty good idea where you're going. You're leading right into what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, I do, I think they're the best TV couple of all time in my heart, my head. I don't know. Mm-hmm. However, however, man, I am, everyone who knows me, if you follow me on Twitter, if you read my blogs, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> By a long, by a long, wide margin, The Office is my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. And I can't have my favorite show of all time have the first round pick and not take Pam and Jim. I, I mean, I have to do it. There's no way. I, I can't I can't have this draft and not take them with the first pick. Um, I was really seasons- hoping you were going to take Michael and Jan. That was, that was my hope. That, that you know what? I actually like Michael and Jan. They're pretty. They were funny, if nothing else. But seriously, mm. with with Pam and Jim, man, you got three seasons of of will they, won't they? So you had that tension. You had the flirtation going all the way back to the show in the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's engaged. He's got a crush on her. 
she's kind of playing them in a way a little bit. I mean, she likes yeah. him a lot, but she's engaged, you know, and the culmination was season two where he finally shoots a shot and it doesn't work. And then he goes and gets himself transferred for season three and, and he starts dating Rashida Jones and they come back to, to Scranton and then Pam breaks up with, um, what, what, what the, God damn, how, why am I drawing a blank right now? Oh, yeah. Hey, Roy, Roy, what the Roy, fuck? that's right. Yeah, Jesus Roy. Christ, what the hell's wrong with me, man? <laughs> you know, he snaps, he wants to kill Jim, they break up, yeah. whatever, but she kind of, uh, yeah, Roy she sucks. gets gutsy. She grows balls. She shoots her shot at the very end of season three. And then in season four, mm -hmm. we see them together. And it's a beautiful relationship. Their wedding, it was in season six. One of my mm -hmm. favorite TV weddings ever. Yep. Didn't like the story arc so much of season nine, where they kind of went yeah. through some issues where he's trying yeah. to get his own, you know, that company started athlete in, in Philly. That kind of, that turned me off a little bit. But I'm not going to let the totality, you know, that take away from the totality of their relationship. There's so many. I started watching The Office because Michael Scott was hilarious, but mm -hmm. Pam and Jim became the part, the biggest part for me anyway, of the show over the duration of it. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't not take The Office. Yeah. That, that's my first pick, and you got two now. See, I kind of wish you had the first pick because ah, you wouldn't have taken them, so I would have been stuck. No, I would not have taken them. You would have been, you would have been. Stuck. I would have been stuck with no matter. You would. <laughs> uh, but the beauty of the, I like. There's some categories where I like you when you pick first. This is one of them because I'm because sure. I was pretty sure I was I was 98 percent sure you're going to go with Jim and Pam. <laughs> I was I was I was really sure about it. So I I I plan my list around that eventuality. So I was Mark's I was strategy. happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I was I was happy you did because uh, it left me it, it left me the duty of having to pick. I think the greatest couple of TV in TV history, and that's Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Mm. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz actually married, then playing, uh, you know, playing the couple on I Love Lucy. Like, again, I'm going even local favorite here, like from Jamestown. Like, and the show was just so damn funny. I mean, even now you can watch, if you watch an episode now, it's still so funny. And Lucille Ball was so damn good. She's from Jamestown? Yeah. I never knew that. Never, got, never there's a that. statue over there. Wow. I never knew that, man. I think that's why they put the National Comedy Hall of Fame there, too. Oh, I never knew that. Hmm. Yeah, see? see? I'm not even from here, and I knew that. Come on. <laughs> it's a good pick. It's a popular <laughs> pick. It's, it's the right pick. It's the sensible pick. I know. Like, also think about it. Like, when that show was on, having a, you know, a, you know, a, um, a like, a biracial couple. Like, you know, Lucille Ball's white, Desi Arnaz is Spanish, and he's Cuban. Like, you didn't have yeah. that stuff happening back then. Like that was not something that happened on TV, but they did it and it was great. Like sure. it was, and Desi Arnaz is freaking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the whole show is funny. Like everybody, it's, it's so good. Uh, but speaking of hilarious couples, my next pick is Sam Malone and Diane Chandler. Son of a bitch. I, I like they, that was such a, and cheers was, I mean, cheers is like one of my favorite shows of all time. But the way Shelley Long and Ted Danson played that off was unbelievable because it was it felt very real. As you know, for as funny as the show was, it felt very real and how they drove each other up a wall, like they made each other crazy. Mm -hmm. The thing, the only, the only thing that I that that it kind of bothers me that like is the way that it ended, where it was just like, hey, this is this is done. We got to kind of reboot, soft reboot the show. Which when you go back, if you if you if you uh, 
plow through like just watching episodes after you know you know just like just marathon through it you're gonna by the time you get to that last season where shelly long like the shelly long season the last shelly long season you're like boy they better break up i am sick of them <laughs> yeah because it's just like they've made each other so crazy that now it's infuriating um but man they were it was such a great playoff of each other because it couldn't have been more polar opposite and the, the the way that Diane was just so prim and proper and artsy and Sam was a womanizer, you know, you know, you know, was an alcoholic, you know, ball player, like so good, so damn good. And it was so funny watching every, every freaking episode of that was so good. Let me give you a hot take here. Had Pam and Jim been off the table, which I knew you weren't going to take them first. Right. If, if you had had the first pick again. I've openly admitted this. I picked that because I just, I can't take or not take my favorite show and not take them. Mm-hmm. That probably is my first pick, Sam and Diane. The tension that they were, that show was, we could do an entire podcast and maybe we will someday on like a YouTube exclusive or something just for just video. Cheers. Just talking yeah. about cheers and how yeah. crazy, which is a show that would never, ever work in today's day and age. No. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. the, the, the way they talk to women in the bar, oh, yeah. um, slapping her rear permanence, getting her ass slapped all the time when she walks by and they just, yeah. you know, shake it off. Like that's a lawsuit now. That's mm-hmm. getting her ass whipped. It's getting canceled. So it's a very dated show. But I oh, love yeah. Cheers. One of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, Sam and Diane were absolutely awesome. All right, so I'm on the clock here for two. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go with nostalgia with this one, and I'm going to go back to a show that I really liked a lot uh, in the 80s. Okay. And kids here, man. Kids couple. Winnie and Kevin oh. from the Wonder Years. All right. I love them, man. Yeah. They were they – were, this was, first of all, this is one of my favorite shows. It was a, mm-hmm. maybe one of the best, like, coming-of-age TV shows I've ever seen. You yeah. know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and Kevin and Winnie were the heart of it. I, I, their first kiss as kids, uh, it was epic. And when I remember very well when they broke up in, in season four, man, it kind of, uh, it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I mean, this is best TV couple, so, you know, them not ending up together you might think it sucks, but I kind of like it. Like she ends up, I don't know if you watch the show and I'm guessing I'm oh, yeah. spoilers away. What? 35 years later. So you ain't watching yet. <laughs> I think tough, time's up on spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Tough shit, man. But at the end she ends up, they, we thinking they're going to end up together, but they don't. She ends up going to the study in Paris. He ends up getting married to somebody. So they don't end up together. Mm-hmm. But I remember, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact words, but it was basically, you know, what you think your life is going to be at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. That ain't your first love. It, it, usually that's not how things turn out. You know what I mean? So it was really, it was a good lesson. Like I said, the nostalgia, they were so cute together. You know what I mean? I yeah. just, I loved everything about them. So that's going to be one pick for me. Okay. And then I'm going to go back to, well, quite honestly, the beginning of the series, I was kind of, too young to really know what was going on so it wasn't until later and then reruns but i'm gonna go to the jeffersons and george and louise jefferson man i yeah this show was like kind of like uh my happy place man he he's just the fucking biggest hothead hilarious (laughs) as hell man but and she was like the kind heart you know what i mean she was the sensible Mm -hmm. one and they were just like uh they were the perfect match and i know that this isn't one of those we're not we're not uh, drafting our favorite TV shows of all time. It's about couples and not necessarily mm-hmm. the show. 
But I will add that when it comes to this show specifically, it was our first, or it was my first, like, real look into what, uh, from a, a sitcom, obviously, so it was often comedic, mm-hmm. but into a black family. You know what I mean? Growing yeah. up in the West Side, white, mm-hmm. Italian, Irish neighborhood. I had black friends, but I really didn't know their families that well. So for younger people, a lot of younger people out there, black or white people was their first like look into a black family. And as funny as that show was too, it also was very, uh, it pushed the envelope during oh, yeah. those times, you know, just like oh, all yeah. the family and some of these other ones. I mean, the mm-hmm. N word, he used the N word on that show. Yeah. Uh, white slangs. I don't even know if I can say it. I would, white I, would, I, would, I would say don't say them just yeah, in case. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore. But what I'm saying is they were set on that show. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to get from the, the point of this draft. What I'm saying is uh George and Louise were a great couple, man. I loved her and and as fucked up as he was in a lot of other ways with a lot of other people, and you know, his wit and his uh his hot and his temper and stuff. He always loved her, he treated her great. So I, I liked him a lot and I liked them a lot. And uh so yeah, that's my couple. George and Louise from the Jeffersons. You're yeah. gonna have too sherman helms was so so damn good man that yeah. guy he was so good um see now see, see this put another show in my head and i'm just like ah. but i i and not to i'm not gonna put down the couple in that show but like i i it doesn't hit the same height for me as all the choices i still have left on the board here because sure. uh there's so I, many too. i think i think you i think you've left the door open for me um because there's one couple again an older show but a legendary show that they got a whole song about themselves like it's mike and carol brady yeah yeah, i mean i i mean i don't know how i can't pick that (laughs) you know like i wasn't I, i i i think even if you weren't like even a a huge brady bunch fan you knew the brady bunch and you remember episodes and you remember how people were. I mean, I obviously people, you know, it, you know, even now, like the movie, like the movie that they made in the nineties is a little bit dated, but, um, but it was still the same, same aesthetic and everything. It was just, you know, but like Mike and Carol were just like, you know, two, mm-hmm. you know, two people who came from separated, you know, separated families already. And they brought their kids along and then suddenly they're together and everything works, <laughs> you know, and it's, and like everything worked with them because it was a classic sitcom family where just you know a problem comes up at the beginning and it's solved at the end and everybody's happy like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know like and but like the way that they played off each other was just so it was just so cool like you know they were in you know for for being like a 60s family or 60s 70s family it was just like man these guys are cool yeah so yeah mike and carol brady i i it's too easy my next pick uh i don't like making this pick because it comes from a show you and I don't like. <laughs> I know. Where I this, think only you one. know where this is going. <laughs> but this couple is, I can't ignore it. I, I can't ignore it because even as much I don't like the show, all I ever heard about was Ross and Rachel from Friends. I, I li- Listen. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm yeah. putting my thumbs down right now. Yeah, Pat's giving me two thumbs down for the pick. Listen, I... <laughs> I earn your scorn on this one, okay? I don't like making the pick, but I can't not make the pick is the thing. Now, if I had picked Chandler and Monica, I would deserve all scorn because they're the lesser couple on that show. This podcast would be over if you picked them. (laughs) (laughs) 
but like Ross and Ray, I, I, it's, it dominated the whole damn show, man. Like it from beginning to end, like that was the whole thing. Like that, the whole show basically surrounded those two, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston and David, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole show, man. Like everybody else was just kind of like <laughs> a supporting cast for those two, which is wild. But like, that's, that's it, man. Like that's, that's as close to the biggest modern couple, you know, aside from Jim and Pam, probably that we've seen like that's, which is crazy because that they had a very dysfunctional relationship anyways, but right. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta pick Ross from as much as I hate myself for doing it, which yeah. I'll probably win this poll. So I won't hate myself as much, but you, you should uh, hate yourself for it. I do hate myself. I don't like picking anything friends, but I, ha- <laughs> I have to, I have to, I, I would not, as much as I disrespect myself by picking them, I would not be able to respect myself for ignoring them. Yeah. Well, let me say this. Even when I was, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was young or watching in reruns, I mm. never liked the Brady Bunch. I always thought they were corny. However, Mike and Carol's a good pick. They were a good couple. I will, mm-hmm. I, I grudgingly have to give it up to you. I ain't never going to give it up to you for Ross <laughs> and Rachel. We just talked about how we could do a whole podcast on Cheers. I could do mm. a whole podcast just bashing friends. I hated that show with a passion. But you know what the funny thing is? Here's the funny thing. I love Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She's super. She's done so many great things. I love mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. And I actually thought she was the only one on of that whole cast that I could tolerate on that show. She, I liked her the best of the six. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matthew Perry, after Cheers, I liked some of the stuff that he did. So I don't even, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Schwimmer. not. I, so I know that. But I'm just saying, it's mm-hmm. not even like a, individually, I kind of like some of these guys a little bit. Even Dave Schwimmer's done some decent stuff. He's been funny and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. I just hated that couple, man. I hated that show. I hated the forced one-liners. I hated the laugh tracks. Mm-hmm. I hated Yeah, the laugh them. tracks. I didn't want them to get together. Murder. I didn't care when they got together. I liked mm-hmm. when they broke up because I didn't want them to be happy. I just, I hated that show, man. Yeah. No, I <laughs> listen, you're preaching to the choir, okay? Like, I don't like that I had to pick it, but I had to pick it. Okay? I understand. I understand. It and it's not for votes. It's not even like reaching for votes. It's just like, it's what it is it's your responsibility you, you can't let something <laughs> like that slide it would be irresponsible it would be like being a an nfl gm and you know you need uh a defensive tackle and there's a great mm-hmm. one on the board in the second round and you go somewhere you else you, know, you, you, you got for three yeah, straight exactly. years in the draft exactly, exactly. Man, you got you drafted, i can't be the lions of this poll okay <laughs> you drafted for value not for one I, I get it all right so i got two more coming up here i, I feel like i'm taking a this is a new show or new ish. So I don't even know how many people have, have watched it. And if so, how many really liked it, but I love the show. And there's actually two couples from the show. I, I, I could have drafted, but I'm going to take Johnny and Moira Rose from Shit's Creek. Mm. Uh, this I, now, I don't know. Let me ask you this before I even say anything about them. Have mm. you watched Shit's Creek? Did you watch the series? I haven't, I haven't watched all the way through it. Uh, I watched like the first, two seasons like when it originally hit when it was like on was a canadian channel crave i think it was and like it snuck out on like some some american cable service and watched it. i was like oh my god this is really funny but like i never got caught up to it in the end but like eugene levy and Catherine o'hara like immediately i'm like yep sold like that's perfect i'm telling you now and i don't want to i don't want this to turn into a sales pitch for for you or everyone <laughs> out there to, to watch Shit's creek but what i will say about the show is from beginning to end, every single season, it got better and better and better. 
and for all the stuff going around. And they were very unlikable the first season and a half. And that was by design. And then mm-hmm. they're the end of season two. They start to show some of their redeemable qualities. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about all the characters on the show. I'm not talking about them as yeah. a couple yet. It just gets better the entire time. But the one constant through all the trials and tribulations with this show was these two, man. They loved each other. Mm-hmm. She is really funny. And he's, I mean, he's Eugene fucking Levy. I mean, you know, he's funnier than, uh, he's sneaky funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they have a, a great romance. They, they, they care for each other. They never turn their back on each other. It was just, uh, I, I love it, man. It, it's an easy pick for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about how it goes over with other people. So See, I, seeing them just makes me think of SCTV and how great they were on SCTV. Like that whole SCTV is so underrated. And I know it's because yeah. it was made in Canada, but like, God damn, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> my last, that. my last pick is one that I hated the ending so much that it, it penalizes me for the show. But oh, I think I know where this is going, but I, I was a big fan for a long time of how I met your mother and Marshall and Lily we're a great couple, man. They mm-hmm. were, uh, again, the ending gets a, a shitload of hate, as it should. It's deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, personally, and I know they weren't the stars of this show. The, the, the premise was about Ted finding love, and then Barney Stinson became the star of the show with his womanizing mm-hmm. ways, his one-liners, the bro code, all that stuff. That was great. But for me, the, the rock of the show, the glue of the show was always Marshall and Lily. I liked them mm-hmm. a lot. I thought they were a great couple. They loved each other. They were pretty funny. Again, kind of like not hardy, har, 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 funny, but sneaky funny. And they weren't the stars of the show, but I love them as a couple. And mm-hmm. look, and I'm sure you're going to feel the same way as you make your last pick here too, because there's so many goddamn good couples. There's so many great TV shows with couples. Yeah. I, I, every time I make a pick, I'm like, oh, how did I not pick this order? You make a pick, I'm like, oh, I should have taken that. Or it makes me think mm-hmm. of someone else I shouldn't have taken. So. As this goes on and we put this poll up in a week from now, I'm going to be like, yeah, I should have done this, should have done that. But that's how I feel in the moment. As we're doing this draft, Marshall and Lily just pop for me. So I'll live with, I'll live or die with them, man. I, uh, I was really worried you were going to take the main couple of that. I was going to be like, dude, you just nuked your own, <laughs> you just nuked your own poll because every, like the, the way that ended with Ted is abysmal, just nah. an absolute rotten way to end what was a great show. It was it, so it's, bad. It's an ending that ruins the whole rest of the show. It might have been the worst ending to a TV show I've ever seen in my life. Just mm-hmm. because it was, uh, now I know a lot of people would say that with Newhart because it turns out it was just a dream, but I don't know. Oh, I don't necessarily. Great. I thought that was yeah, I, I kind of like that. Oh I mean, man, that was so funny. Right. We could debate. Very that. underrated show. By Who the way. do you know that, that watched How I Met Your Mother and said, oh, that ending was pretty good. It literally fucking was the worst. It, it no. left a black eye in the entire show, but mm-hmm. I'm still going to pick them for more people couple. like the Sopranos final episode than they liked. Yeah. How I met your mother and by, by like exponential amounts. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, we'll have, well, we're kind of giving our content away, but I was going to say, maybe we'll, yeah. we should have a draft of the worst endings ever. <laughs> TV shows. I think we just ran we'll off the- to pick that one first. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got the, you got the last pick of this draft. Okay. So, I don't know if this is debatable, like, if this is worthy of debate or not, but like this couple's been on TV for 30, 30 plus years. Mm. Do you, uh, the only problem is, is that they're not human. They're cartoons. It's Homer and March. <laughs> I, you can't, yeah. it, it's, I, and I don't know if how many people act, you know, actively think like them as a couple 
you know, I, and I know Simpsons has been weird for like the last 15, 20 years now at this point. Oh my God. But like Homer Marger, it man, like that's <laughs> like for as dysfunctional as everything about that family is, that's the constant. And like all the stuff like early on in the, uh, in the series where, you know, Homer's just, you know, where Homer hasn't turned into a full idiot <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's just kind of dumb and he's just being, you know, you know, like a kind of typical, you know, typical dumb dude, you know, as, as opposed to, like, cause he became a raging moron after like about season six or seven. Yeah. Um, but like early on, like that was the dynamics that they wrote for those two to have, you know, as far as like testing each other's relate, you know, the relationship out and everything. It was like, well, it's pretty well written for a show. That's, you know, that's kind of like a send up of, of, of America at the time and, you know, families and whatnot. But like, how do you say no to Homer and Marge, man? Like that's, you know, for as weird as it is, that's a, it's an iconic couple. I mean, you, you know, and it's like I said, like Simpsons now is completely different than what it was back in the day, but that's still, that's still the thing, man. Like there's still, still resonates. It still yeah. resonates. You just got your Kyle Williams in the fifth round steal <laughs> of this draft. I can tell you, you that so? right now. Yeah, I know. So that's going to go oh. over very well. I think a lot of people are going to talk, there's going to be two things that happen. One of them is the same thing that always happens is why did you pick this, pick that, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's going to be the one that gets talked about the most is the fifth round pick. That's my, uh, that's my prediction right there. I should have taken that instead of Marshall and Lily. That's going to cost me. That's probably going to, that's going to cost me. There are a couple. I, uh, I, get a, Go I just want to say when you mentioned the Jeffersons, the other show I was thinking about was good times. Great James, show too. James in Florida, John Amos and Esther Roll. Holy smokes, they were good. They were so good. John Amos rules in literally everything he does. He's he does, so good. Didn't he die relatively early in that series, though? I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I don't remember. For me, that show, and I remember the show. It was about yeah. it, to me, it was about JJ Walker. Mm-hmm. Not oh, necessarily that the, stealer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Jan- they're up Janet there. Jackson was in the show for crying out loud. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yep. They're up there. I, I'll say this too. And there's a couple that neither of us mentioned that I I wrote down as like uh honorable mentions. One show that I love, it's right up there with my favorites. I just couldn't think of one in the top five is Parks and Rec. And you could have went, I personally like April and Andy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking thinking Ben and Leslie. Yeah, you could have went Ben and Leslie just as easy. So that's up there. Another show that's new and it's still airing right now. And I don't know how it does with uh, popularity and ratings amongst people that will listen to this show. But this is us. And you have Beth and Randall. They're, They're a great couple. And you can even, I've, uh, I've not seen one episode of this is us. It's it. Well, I, I, it's tough. It's <laughs> so tough. if you pick that one, I would have been like, who please describe everything. It's about tough them. because it's, it's Isn't just that the so, one that like makes people cry. Every yes. Day? Yes. Yeah, and it's like, I, can't get I love it. It's just like, do you want to do that to one of your friends? You want to sit there and make them cry. There was a, an episode a couple of weeks ago about Jack's uh, mother dying and, it's just, ugh, I don't want to yeah, get into it. It's just I, fucked up, man. I, so, yeah. I can't watch programs that are right. that but are Beth, made to make you but like Beth and, it, it's right. emotional but Beth manipulation. And Randall, like, I can't. Beth and Randall are a great couple, though. So I, I thought of them. I mentioned Chits Creek. It could have went David and Patrick too. Yeah. They're a great couple in that show. Uh if you want to go back older and cheesier, I wrote down uh Zach Zach and Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. If you want to go back to the real old school, I still think you had the best one with with Lucy. But uh, if you want to go to the honeymooners, man, you got Ralph and oh, Alice. Yeah, Ralph you know? and Alice. I, yeah, you Ralph. know, I kicked that around for a moment, but I, 
that's another show that does not get made today. No, like, hell no. Not ever does that get made. Like Ralph saying, you know, I'll send you to the moon, Alice. Like, no, like, right. no, man. Right. But like Alice always put him in his place, <laughs> which was, you know, you know, Ralph was a big blowhard and she always parked him. So like that yeah. was that was fun. But yeah. I have one more too that uh I didn't like the show so much, and they've tried to reboot it and just didn't work because she's a crazy bitch now. But Roseanne and Dan Connor from yeah. back in the day, Roseanne, they were a good couple, man. Yeah. They were they were they were a pretty funny couple. So it's a good I, show. You I know, like them a lot. You know, it's funny. Anybody who's watching the video, and I don't know how we did how, how we pulled this off, but the, the picture you used to 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 start this poll was of Edith and Archie Bunker, and neither of us picked them. Neither of us took them. <laughs> I was I, you know, I I was intentionally saying I was looking that. at the picture and I was like, Am I really gonna pick that? I was like, Yeah, I, I got I got my I got my I thought of it. I thought of it. It, it is in the poll but, or uh, the picture, but it's like <laughs> It's weird because he was he was a big art. You know, he was a big it. It was. I, I mean, he, he learned from his stuff, but he. Right. Oh my god! What a. But what they a, were a good couple though. She was a great wife. Yeah. And he he Gene loved Stapleton her man. Was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's just you want to talk about shows that just ain't gonna fly in today's mm -hmm. world. You know. Oh my god! Look no further than that. I'd love to do a. You know what? We're going to do a draft someday of shows that won't fly in 2022. <laughs> Because we just named some of them. Welcome back, Carter. There's a lot of them that uh, I don't think would fly. John Travolta at 35 playing a high schooler. It's like Beverly Hills 90210. The whole cast was in their 30s. Like, okay. yeah. Let me recap Let me recap these picks before we get out of here. All right. So I selected uh, Jim and Pam from The Office, Kevin and Winnie from The Wonder Years, George and Louise from The Jeffersons, uh, Johnny and Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek, and Marshall and Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Joe took. Lucy and Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy, uh, Sam and Diane from Cheers, Mike and Carol Brady from The Brady Bunch, Ross and Rachel from Friends, the most overrated show ever, and Marge <laughs> and Homer from The Simpsons. Before I let you go, final thoughts on this draft. What do you think, Dan? I think you're in big trouble. I think you're in serious, serious trouble. I'm talking, this might go north of 80% in my favor. Ooh. I, I listen. I have that's a, a murderer. I have a murderer's thing. row of of couples. I think I, you're gonna win. I'm confident I'm gonna win. I'm thinking it's gonna be a blowout. I think I, again. I think you taking the Simpsons with the last pick is gonna help you. I think me taking Jim and Pam, who a lot of even people who like The Office, some people don't like either Jim or Pam, mainly Pam. So. I'm not sure how that's going to play out either. I don't. I don't know, I don't know if the Jeffersons are going to are going to resonate. I think all your picks are going to resonate it better. I agree with you partially. I do think you're going to win, even though you sold out and took Ross and Rachel. But it's not, it's not I don't think it's going to be uh, north of eighty percent. That's a little bit of an ambitious take right there, Joe. I've never predicted a blowout before. Well, not that vicious of a blowout before, but I could see it happening. <laughs> All right, I everyone. See it happening. Give Joe a follow on Twitter. You know what? Don't follow Joe on Twitter. <laughs> that bullshit. Joe and don't Yardin. follow Pat either. Don't follow and don't listen to Joe's um, podcast <laughs> with Maintenance Day alongside Lance Lazowski. It drops on Mondays. Don't read Noted Hockey. And don't read Noted Hockey on his Substack. Hit him up on Twitter. You know, just drop your email and you can subscribe to that for free. Don't do any of that just stuff. Don't, yeah. Don't do anything. Don't give me attention. Don't wish me happy birthday on Saturday. Don't do any of that. Don't wish him happy birthday, but do wish me a happy four-year anniversary of this podcast. Yes. Please do do that. That's that's the way to go. 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.